Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. You heard the operative word there from Doug Peterson. The word was spark, but to be honest with you, Matt Nagy could have used it as well. So here's the deal. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, Andy Reid, his two most recent offensive coordinators, Matt Nagy, and, of course, Doug Peterson with varying levels of success. Peterson, of course, has won a Super Bowl. Nagy had a quick start and a fast descent. But yesterday, both of their quarterbacks showed up big. So the question, fellas, is, and I know they don't have Andy Reid's quarterback to fall back on, amazing Mahomes stat coming up here in just a moment. But, Key, straight up, bigger mistake. The Eagles not going to Jalen Hurts earlier on Peterson's end or – Matt Nagy pulling Mitch Trubisky earlier in the season only to go back to him now. I think it's Matt Nagy pulling Mitch Trubisky at 3-0. When you, when you look at the situation, there was really no need to go to Nick Foles other than the fact that you had some familiarity with Nick Foles and you felt like, I traded for him, I signed off on this, now I have to prove to everyone that this is going to work. When Mitch Trubisky was 3-0 and and he kind of – you know, things were fine. It wasn't he wasn't playing like Aaron Rodgers and he wasn't playing like the third quarterback on somebody's team. But you certainly made it feel that way to the people out there that don't really watch football, that just see it and hear about it in the media. Because when you're three and oh, no matter how you got there, you don't you don't mess with the chemistry. You allow it to continue to keep going to such time that it's not working anymore. And then when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles on that side, they waited a little bit too late. But I also understand why they did it, because as I always told you, Jay Will, you follow the money. And the money got caught up in this situation this time around for the Eagles, and it could ultimately hurt them at the end of the day. Key, I'm with you all day on this one, man. I agree with you on the, on the Eagles situation. Because of the money allocated towards Carson Wentz, you have to give it some time, even though I've been pushing for Jalen Hurts a lot earlier. But the Matt Nagy-Ryan Pace situation is disturbing when you watch it, just about how Mitchell Trubisky played yesterday. Now, I know people can use the counter-argument and say, well, the Texans are horrible. and you know, it, But still, he won the game. He threw for three TDs. He looked really good yesterday. But imagine this, Keyshawn, for one second. Is there a chance that Matt Nagy – and Ryan Pace can save their jobs. If Mitchell Trubisky continues to play like this, if he plays at a hot pace, can we be looking at a team at 6-7 and seven, just like the Vikings that all of a sudden get hot later in the season? Matt Nagy now making that comment. Our offense is finally starting to come together. Their defense stepped up. It was the first time you saw a complete Bears team. Is there a chance we can see both these guys employed next season? Here's how you do that, Jay. You, you, you step to your presser, and the question's asked, you go, you know, you, you, you admit you're wrong. You just say, hey, you know, we thought that we can get a little spark going. Our offense could be a little more potent from Nick Foles. The fact that it wasn't made us make a decision to uh, go back to Mitch. Mitch, Mitch was healthy the entire play, our entire time. We, we played with it in our minds. We talked about it as a staff, and then we made a decision that this was the right call because we love this young man. We think he has a bright future ahead of us. Hey, we made a mistake. Mistakes are made, and you just – play that game as you continue to keep winning, and then people will go, oh, okay, yeah, we forgive him, and that's how you save your job. But, Key, how do you do this if Mitchell Trubisky continues to play well? You haven't signed him. You haven't, well, signed you, him. You haven't you, extended you, him, right? But you, 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 have Nick, you have Nick Foles for another two years. 
Yeah, but but it's not that you haven't signed him. You didn't extend the fifth-year option. So you now get into a situation where you try to figure out if you want to move long-term with him. Not even necessarily long-term. You want to have him come back and, you know, fight for a starting spot, battle it out. And I'm sure that they're – I know they can't franchise him, but I'm sure they probably can do something to keep him on board – for next spring to fight it out with whoever it is that they want to bring in and fight it out with. If it's Nick Foles, which Nick Foles is, they owe Nick Foles about $9 million of guaranteed money. If I was the Chicago bears, I'd go to Nick Foles and say, Hey man, you need to take a pay cut or we need to figure out how to extend you only as a backup and give Mitch Trubisky another shot. If I'm coming back, but I don't know that they'll come back. I don't know that Chicago, I don't know that the Chicago bears and their fan base want, Pace and Nagy back, no matter what the season ends up like. Well, I was going to say, that's exactly what all my friends out in Chicago were talking about yesterday. They were like, look, it's great that we got a win. It's great that Mitchell Trubisky proved that he's better than Deshaun Watson for one day. But at the end of the day, we still don't want Mac Nagy around. We still don't want Ryan Pace around. We want to move on, and we want to continue to build in a rebuild type of direction. Couple things to mention here. Jeff Dickerson, our ESPN Bears reporter, is going to join us for his perspective at 7:45 a.m. Eastern. So hang tight for that. We should mention Key's talking about next spring for the Bears, what they might or might not do from next spring. Short term, fellas. Next week, right now, the Vikings sit in the eighth spot at six and seven. The Bears are in the ninth spot at six and seven. Oh, by the way, this Sunday, Chicago at Minnesota. Mm. gigantic game. Keep in mind, of course, the Bears started 5-1 and one and then petered out. The Vikings started 1-5 and five and played great football up until yesterday when they obviously are going to be kicking themselves all the way back to the Twin Cities. Here's Mitch <laughs> Trubisky on how he stayed locked in, as Jay said, for the one day he was better than Deshaun, who was devoid of a ton of weapons yesterday, by the way. No excuses. Mitch on staying on track. I think I was just so focused on what I need to do for my team that it really allowed me to block everything else out. Just the situation we were in, being on that little losing losing streak, uh, I mean, that makes you that makes you sick to your stomach. So I was willing to do whatever it took for, for the team today to just go out there and get a win, whether it was handing the ball off every time or throwing it every time. Obviously, that's extreme, but I was willing to do whatever it took to, to get out here and, and get a win, and, and that's what we did. I thought we played really well today. It was a great team win. All three phases really stuck together, um, and we just got to continue to finish in the second half. Key, 24 for 33, 267 yards, three touchdowns. And there was one thing that we're showing here this morning if you're watching on ESPN News and something that you may have seen if you were watching the game yesterday. Just take me inside the mind of a wide receiver, a quarterback, the special connection they have. When Trubisky came off the field, uh, drive after drive, Allen Robinson was right there just pounding his shoulder pads, just trying to pump him up. I understand you can't manufacture this stuff all the time, but when your quarterback is reeling and you see something like that, can that have long-ranging reverberating effects, or is that a thanks for showing up today, now let's do it tomorrow type deal. No, that just shows the relationship. Allen Robinson obviously has a relationship with Mitch Trubisky, and that just goes to show you that the team may have not been down on him as much as the coaches. Um, Allen Robinson certainly knows that he's a guy who can get him to football, where Nick Foles, on the other hand, probably struggled to get Allen to football at times. And so when you look at it from a receiver standpoint, you always want to make sure you put your arms around the quarterback, not just selfishly for the football, but to make him know no matter what, you're behind him, you're with him. Now, 
people would say that's calling the game or people that was watching the game would say, oh, he just he's happy he's getting the football, he's buttering him up. No, he he knows what his teammate can do, and he probably has full confidence in his ability, even though us as outsiders, we look at it and say, Mitch Trubisky can't play dead in a cowboy movie half the time. <laughs> he knows because he played – he plays with him. He see him every. He sees him every day in practice. Key, going to their next game about the Vikings is just interesting. I, I know that they, the Bears looked better against the Lions. I know that they played against a Texas team that was actually just depleted in weapons. I, mean, I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson, not only because he lost DeAndre Hopkins at the beginning of the year because of the ineptitude of Bill O'Brien, but we fast forward. Now, no Brandon Cooks. He didn't play. No David Johnson. He didn't play. Like, who is Deshaun Watson even working with? And Zubin, I know you said no excuses, but damn, who's he working with there on this team? Um, how much so, confidence do you have in this Bears team against the Vikings, considering how good Dalvin Cook and these guys are playing? Well, you got a lot of confidence, uh, Jay. You do? I mean, got a lot of confidence because they know each other. It's a division rival. They see each other twice a year. Maybe even sometimes if they can get into the playoffs, they'll play each other three times a year. So you got to have confidence in this football team moving forward. And you look at the Bears, they got the Vikings at 6-7. and seven. They play the Jags. I think the Jags are 1-12. and 12. And then they finish up with the Green Bay Packers, depending on where the Packers are at, depending on that Week 17 game. If the Packers somehow finish strong enough in, in New Orleans fall, and all of a sudden the Packers got the home field advantage throughout the playoffs, maybe week 17 is a gimme game. Aaron Rodgers is rested up, and you finally get your glimpse of Jordan Love in the huddle, and now they could, Minnesota can take advantage of that situation. So it, it it's one of those deals where Chicago and Mitch Trubisky just needs to do what he did yesterday, and they need to play defense and figure out how it's going to end for them in the end. And we mentioned, obviously, not just Mitch Trubisky, but the situation with Jalen Hurts and Doug Peterson. We'll dig into that next. When we ask Carson Wentz's biggest supporter at ESPN what he thought of Jalen Hurts' performance yesterday. Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Sure, it was just one start, his first start, but 
Welcome to 2020. This is how we evaluate in sports now. So for that small sample size, let's bring in a guy that has a rather large one, ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky, a dozen years as an NFL quarterback, and very supportive of Wentz throughout the last several weeks, but I think even he, along with many others, said it was time to go to Hertz, even though Doug Peterson is not committed to Jalen for next Sunday's game in Arizona. First things first, Dan, what did you make of his performance against a Saints team that had come in with a rather nasty defense and a nine-game winning streak? I thought he was the difference maker in the football game. You know, Doug Peterson said their offense needed a spark. I would say that Jalen Hurts was like a consistent flame because they had a really nice, like, opening drive. And even in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, New Orleans doesn't have any tape on him. Let's see how the rest of his game plays out. And he just consistently played well. Now, uh, listen, they coached better than they had coached all year. There's no question about that. And they played around him better than they had played all year. But he was a difference maker, and I think in two specific areas. One, he didn't hurt the football team. You know, his decisiveness didn't hurt their football team. And then his legs helped their football team. He was able to go make some plays, scramble from the pocket, obviously be part of the quarterback run game. And so uh, Doug Peterson's going to name him the starter for next week. He should be the starter for the remainder of the season. He's earned that right. I said last week that Carson Wentz's poor play opened the door for this, and Jalen Hurts you know, took advantage of it against the number one defense in the NFL. So very impressed with his poise, but also his play. Dan, how much with Jalen Hurts' play, how much more uncertainty did it just put on Carson Wentz about his future now? Yeah, Key, you, you heard me say this last, last week. I think there's two things that, you know, kind of come off of this game and then become even more of a conversation for every potential win that Jalen Hurts gets. One, the question of can we trade Carson Wentz becomes more realistic. I get the money aspect. I get the investment aspect. It's the NFL. Nothing surprises me. And so the more that they can potentially win football games, because here's the thing, they win yesterday – And if they win next week, back-to-back wins against playoff football teams or playoff trending football teams, if we're going to throw the Cardinals in there. And so that question of can we actually trade Carson Wentz does become more realistic. And then if the Eagles organization, if there's people within their organization that do believe that the draft pick in the second round of Jalen Hurts affected Carson Wentz, I think the question of can they actually both be on the roster next year becomes very much so at the forefront. Because if you think the draft pick affected him, what do you think is going to happen if Jalen Hurts plays well and gives them the, the chance to win the division in Week 17? Like, I don't see how you could sit there and think as an organization, you know what, the draft pick affected him, and then also have both of them on the roster next March or April. So, uh, listen, I know it's one game, but it certainly becomes a very interesting conversation moving forward. Now, the other quarterback on the other team, Taysom Hill, didn't have a bad day, didn't have a great day, but is the Taysom Hill magic running out, Dan? Oh, it is. You know, I think the Saints have to ask themselves this question. What's the most important thing for them? Is it getting the number one seed, or is it getting Drew Brees unquestionably 100% healthy? Because I don't think this team could go to Green Bay and win a football game. I think they got to – to make the Super Bowl, I do believe that they have to be the one seed and have home field advantage because 
of where they stand with their pass game and the lack of ability for Drew to throw the ball downfield. And so I think the question becomes like, all right, you know, Drew's 90% or 95%. Do we have to get him back because we really got to get that one seed? Or do they value Drew Brees at 100% going into the playoffs, no matter if they're the one seed or not? Because I, I, I just think that, you know, the question of, you know, can they go on the road and win a game in Green Bay is a very real one. And like, we're, we're not talking about, you know, 30-year-old coming off 11 broken ribs in the punctured lung. We're talking 40 years old. We don't really have a good idea of how Drew is going to feel, how he's going to look. And to come off that, those significant injuries and within, you know, a couple weeks have to go on the road and play in cold weather and play well to win, that's a very daunting task. So I, I think that's that, that game that the, the, the Saints have to kind of answer right now. Number one seed or get Drew 100% healthy? Dan, how would you play it considering Drew Brees had a throwing session the other day and they still wanted to hold him out? How would you play it on bringing him back if you were the GM or coach of the team? All right, so they play the Chiefs this weekend. I think the Chiefs will be favored in that game. So you're looking at, like, if they lose that game against the Chiefs, I don't see Green Bay losing. Maybe they played last week of the year against Tennessee. You know, obviously, they can run the ball really well. So that's not a great matchup. So... You know, like, how I would play it, I think that if Drew Brees is 90% healthy and we have a conversation and he's aware, like, I got to get the ball out of my hands, I can't take an extra hit or something like that, then I'm saying we got to go try and secure this one seed, especially this week. I think this is the week that the one seed can be lost if you're New Orleans, like, totally lost. And so if Drew tells me I'm 90%, 95%, and coach, I get it. You know, there's going to be some times where the ball just comes out because I can't take that hit. He's smart enough and aware enough to go do that. I think it's time to get back to Drew Brees if that conversation happens. Okay, talk to me about the Steelers. How concerned are you about Pittsburgh considering they had their second loss in a row? Tons. You know, I, I, again, more questions than answers. More, um, what do they have to lean on? Like, what are they confident in and who are they confident? Their offensive line is a shell of what it used to be. I mean, their offensive line used to be a strength. It is not anymore. They're not explosive on offense. Now they haven't been explosive all year, but teams have caught up to that. Like, teams have figured it out. Like, okay, the, the short passing game is all that they can do and oftentimes is all that they're willing to do. Their defense has been beat up. You know, so, like, the defense isn't nearly as dominant as it was. Bud Dupree being out is a huge issue. And then Big Ben, you know, for every old quarterback, he doesn't want to get hit anymore. He, he, he doesn't want, you know, the contact anymore. Still a really good football team. But who do we really think that they're better than in the AFC? They're not better than Kansas City. They're not better than Buffalo. I don't like them more than Miami. I like the Colts more. Yeah, like there's not a lot of teams that I'm sitting here going, okay, uh, I feel really good about who they like in a mat. The Browns I like more right now, especially if they win tonight. So uh, I just I think there's a lot more questions and a and lot less confidence in that football team. Dan, we uh, we talked about this on NFL Live about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians and Tom Brady trying to figure out what that offense was going to look like doing the bye. Did they answer the call for you? No, not at all. 
I, I would say that they were the most unimpressive team that I focused on yesterday, that I watched. They looked exactly the same as before the bye week. I mean, nothing really looked different. I mean, they ran a little bit more motion in some specific series. They had a nice drive in the third quarter when they went some play-action pass and motion and 12 personnel, two tight ends of the field. Other than that, they looked very similar. And the reality is this. They got three points right before the half that they are more than likely not going to get, okay? Like, whether it was gifted to them with the Hail Mary pass interference or not, I'm not going to get into. But you're not going to get that on a consistent basis. And then the Vikings kept themselves off the board with 10 points with all those missed kicks. I mean, this very easily could have been a loss to a team in Minnesota the week before that went into overtime against the one-win Jacksonville Jaguars. So there was nothing that made me that, that gave me good feeling about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. Every question that I had and every concern that I had going into yesterday, I still have. I still very much so have. And so nothing seemed to be any different coming out of the bye week for them. Breaking news, Dan. The Kansas City Chiefs are thinking about trading Patrick Mahomes in the <laughs> offseason because he threw three picks yesterday. And yeah. the Miami Dolphins struggled. certainly. <laughs> yeah, he really, he really struggled. Huh? For what, Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> what did uh, what did Miami do that others probably can take from, you know, those three picks and try to utilize that moving forward against Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Miami's got two corners that are incredibly physical. You know, uh, Howard and Jones are physical, long, violent corners. Three interceptions, box score. I get it. Two of them are on tips. Okay, one of them is a ridiculous play by Van Ginkle to get down on the ground, tip the ball up, and the other one is a ball off a tailback's hands. It's a little high and hot, but so, you know, that you got to take into context. And then that Howard interception, the one-hander is a great play. I don't think that there's a lot that teams are going to take that, my, that Miami did that you, you can kind of replicate. you got to have the corners to do it. They don't. you got to have the exotic pressures. That, that Miami does, and a lot of teams don't. And so I'd say this about that football game yesterday. Um, the Chiefs do everything in football that you're not supposed to do, and they still are incredible to watch. You know, like you guys have heard this, you just can't flip the switch. Yes, they can. Like, they're the only team I've ever seen that could play as poorly as they do for stretches, and then they have a quarterback that could flip the switch and a receiver that could flip the switch and Tyreek Hill. They have the offensive player of the year. Travis Kelsey's the best player in football that's not a quarterback. He's the offensive player of the year. He just flips switches, and it's like, oh, we'll score 21 in a matter of like three minutes. And they had four turnovers. You're not supposed to be able to turn the football over four times and win in the NFL. They were up 21 with four turnovers. And so they kind of break those cliches that we know of football. That being said, I thought Miami was one of the most impressive teams I watched yesterday. You know, like the way that they hung in that football game, Tua got incredibly hot. He's thrown to guys that I, I don't necessarily know of, his household names. His ball placement and his timing and the subtlety that he plays with is remarkable. Miami's as good as I think they are. Kansas City's just them by themselves. They can just do things. For, through, they're the Warriors. The Warriors can go through stretches where they don't make a bucket for like five minutes and all of a sudden they'll score 50 and a quarter. That's fair enough. I want to say, Howard, by the way, to your point, is picking off everything in sight this year. The first two picks by Mahomes yielded just three points for Miami. So when you get the opportunity, you got to cash in, and they weren't able to do so even though they jumped out to that early lead. Dan, thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you on Get Up this morning at 8 a.m. Eastern with Greeny and the gang. Thank you. Thanks, Theo.
Thanks, guys. And just a reminder, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg show Greeny immediately following us on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single weekday. From Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio once again, starting January 5th. I want to mention one other thing, guys. The most amazing stat line of the weekend didn't go to Pat Mahomes for once, as Key said. He may be on the trade block, so whoever uh, comes in for Pat Mahomes is still going to have, obviously, the great work of Tyreek Hill. Think about this just for one second. Tyreek Hill yesterday. Guys, just think about this. A lot of numbers coming here, but just think about this. Two touches. His first two. Two touches. 32 rushing yards. 44 receiving yards, two touchdowns on two touches. Two touches, 32 on the ground, 44 in the air, and two touchdowns. And that's why the Dolphins found out the Chiefs were a little too tough yesterday. Dan mentioned the offensive line, the big problem for the Steelers, a shell of itself, short passing game. They can't go deep from undefeated to underwhelming. Key and Jay really break down, in addition to what Dan said, what is wrong with the Steelers, especially moving ahead. Good night and good luck, as somebody once said, for the Steelers. They actually backed their way into the playoffs. 11-2 now. They've dropped two in a row after being the NFL's lone undefeated. They actually got into the postseason even before kickoff yesterday. So if there is some small solace for Pittsburgh is that they are in the postseason. And oh, by the way, the best way to snap your losing streak, next up for the Steelers, Monday night on ESPN at the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's roll with some key observations. Steelers and Bills. And key, real quick, I want to mention key observations brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Let's start with Sunday night football and your observations. Well, I will start off by the running game with the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was no running game. You, you, you know, a lot of people felt like James Conner getting him back would add something to the running game. It was not there all night long against the Buffalo Bills. They've got to figure out how to get this thing fixed, fellas. If they don't, then they're going to find themselves one in and one out in the playoffs. I'm telling you, it has to be portable. They haven't had a solid running game since Le'Veon Bell. They've got to figure out how to get this thing going if they want to continue to run the ball with play-action style football because, as Dan Orlowski just mentioned on the show, they don't have a vertical pass game. In order to be able to get that vertical pass game, you've got to run the football so those defenders can start to get nosy and start to creep toward the line of scrimmage. Cardinals at Giants. You know, when you start to look at the New York Giants yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals, they got taken to the woodshed. And defensively, Daniel Jones offensively did not look like himself, looked like he was still hurt. If I'm looking at this football team, I'm saying to myself, they are not going to win the division after starting 1-7. and seven. I thought that they would. Alex Smith and the Washington football team certainly has surpassed them in my mind. Colts at Raiders. Well... I don't even really care about talking about the Raiders as much as I want to talk about Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. Here's a guy that we all laughed at and talked about at the beginning of the season because he was throwing interceptions and turning the football over. We saw that Cleveland Brown game, but since then, he has bounced back. He went to Las Vegas. He didn't gamble. At least he didn't gamble on the Raiders. He gambled on himself, and he won big time. They went and took care of business. It looks like it'll be between them and Tennessee for that division, and they may just come out on top. Chiefs and Dolphins. 
Well, here, here's what I would say about the Chiefs. The Chiefs are certainly at the top of the class, although Patrick Mahomes did throw three interceptions. That, those three interceptions that he threw didn't mean anything. When you talk about a team that is getting it done, look at where they're at. I mean, they're going to probably wind up being the number one seed again at home in the snow trying to get to the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. Saints at Eagles. Now, Taysom Hill's magic probably did just run out three straight games that he won. He ran up against the Philadelphia Eagles. He didn't play great. He didn't play crazy bad, but he didn't do enough to win this football game. A lot of balls thrown in the dirt, sacked a couple times, held on to some things, threw an interception. So when you start to look at where Taysom Hill is, I'm sure Sean Payton is hoping and praying that Drew Brees is healthy enough against to go against the Kansas City Chiefs because if he's not, they could very well lose that football game. And that's their matchup on Sunday. Jay, you just heard Key's observations. What are your observations on Key's observations? Yeah, I think there was only one that he missed uh, because before his game on Sunday against the Jags, Derrick Henry came into um, the league, only one, came into that game, only one of four players in NFL history with three 200-yard games and two TD games. With the performance he had yesterday, rushing for 215 yards, two touchdowns, he passed Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, and LaDainian Tomlinson. It, it, it's really time for us to start mentioning King Henry's name constantly in the MVP conversation. I understand he may not surpass Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, but he's at least third, and we need to start saying his name constantly. Well, I think he, I think he certainly will, will, will get the conversation, may even, may even collect a vote or two. Who knows? Um, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be those two guys that you mentioned in Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and then you're going to go with a quarterback in Josh Allen and maybe Derek Henry has, you know, he's around there just for conversation sakes, but you're right. He will not win it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests Join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. The Pennzoil Performance Line will take us to Chicago here in just a bit. Just a couple quick observations on the fellas' observations. To Jay's point, Derrick Henry, the NFL's rushing leader last you sound, year. Zubin, you sound like Mike Tomlin right there. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Find one word, just keep using it, keep going to the well, and see if it works. I want to mention with Derrick Henry, we have not seen the NFL have a back-to-back rushing leader since LT about 13 years ago. Wow. And Derrick Henry is perhaps on track to do that, not something you see every day. Speaking of being able to rush the ball to not rush the ball, Jay, you mentioned this, Key, you mentioned this, Orlovsky mentioned it. Steelers last two games combined, right? You don't have a short passing game. You don't have a long passing game. They can't run the ball. 68 yards in their last two games running the ball. And last thing for the Colts who are playing under That's the radar. That's not Steeler football, man. <laughs> that is no. not no question about it. They've always been able to stop the run and run the football. If you're wondering how tight it's getting between Tennessee and Indy, both are at 9-4, and four, but this is how deep you have to go. The Titans right now hold the edge based on a better win-loss record in division games. So you've got to creep a little bit further down the tiebreaker scale because those two teams who have won on each other's fields are going to go down to the wire to decide the AFC South. Still to come, the Bears certainly aren't going to win the NFC North, but how much did one masterful performance from one quarterback cool the hot seat for one head coach in Chicago? We'll go there for the answer next. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Subin, the podcast. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Whatever level of caffeine the Bears had, as Matt Nagy said there, start gulping that by the court to try to save your season. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Gigantic game with the Vikings coming up for both teams on Sunday. And on this Monday morning, we're joined by Jeff Dickerson, our ESPN Bears reporter. He joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jeff, 24 for 33, 267, three touchdowns for Mitch Trubisky. I personally, your boots on the ground, I personally like that he never really publicly, I don't know what it's like behind closed doors, you have your sources, he's never really pouted. He's been treated like a pinata by the fans and the media. I almost felt like he deserved to have at least one day like this. What are people in Chicago saying? And it's one day, Zoomit. I mean, it was a game against a really bad Texans team that you had to watch that game and you wondered if, like, you know, J.J. Watt would want to be traded at halftime or Deshaun <laughs> Watson wanted to take a separate flight home because they were the only two guys out there that were doing anything. So it's, it's one game for Trubisky. Yeah, I think behind the scenes he – I think he tried to take that benching as a wake-up call. Like, I'm, I'm not doing the things that I need to do. I'm a second overall pick, and my game is very up and down. He did watch a lot of film. He tried to self-improve, and the results haven't been terrible since he's been back. He played okay against Detroit, you know, last week, and they had the, he had the fumble at the end. And then I thought that game against the Texans yesterday was one of the better games he's had in his career. Now, what does that mean going forward? I don't think a whole lot, but for one day, he ran the offense well. He was efficient, made great decisions, and the Bears actually played four consistent quarters of football, something they had not done in any single game up until yesterday all year. Jeff, let me. you said something that piqued my interest. You said he watched a lot of film as to say, not, not, not that you're saying it, but it insinuates that he hadn't been watching a lot of film? No, I just think that this was a, a time for, and you know, Keyshawn, I mean, when all you're doing is, when you're not taking any real reps at practice, like how do you get better? And I think he just tried to use that time as some self-reflection and really figure out, okay, like what, what is the problem here? What are some things that I can realistically work on so if I get a chance to get back out there, I can be better? I'm not saying he was cutting corners or coasting or anything, but, you know, sometimes it takes like a, an intervention of some sorts for someone to realize yet, hey, what, what I've been doing isn't right, and, and this is why I'm in the situation that I'm in. He, he was, he's a hard worker. Listen, I've covered, I, you know, I covered Cutler. I mean, I've, I've seen the, I've had some tough times. We've all seen some tough times in the building with quarterbacks and how they're treated in the locker room and how they treat people. This guy's not like that at all. I mean, he's a good guy. They like him. It's just he was so inconsistent, didn't see the field well, made so many critical errors that it was hard to buy into the belief that this was a guy that was going to take you to a Super Bowl. And he still probably isn't that guy or anything, but 
he did, you know, work on some stuff. And I feel like from a decision-making standpoint, um, he has been better. He's seen the field better for whatever reason uh, since he's been back in the lineup the last three weeks. Did this win help Matt Nagy's future? I think that is really up in the air. Um, I think the general manager, Ryan Pace, you know, certainly after six years and the Bears being in jeopardy of missing the playoffs five out of the last six, I think that would be a hard one to to explain away. Like if you're trying to find another new quarterback, which the Bears will be, um, how do you justify letting the current group uh, in the front office find that quarterback after Trubisky? And guys, by the way, remember, they signed Mike Glennon to be the quarterback. $18.5 million guaranteed for four starts before Trubisky had to go in there and play in 2017 as a rookie. So I think that one is, is certainly one to watch closely. But for Nagy, um, look, he's young. The record isn't terrible. They do play hard for him, but the offense hasn't been where it, where it needs to be. So I think his future is still very much uh, in the air here as we approach the final three weeks. Man, Ryan Pace should have been my general manager all those years. <laughs> you want to get paid, man. That's your guy. I mean, he will. you look at that roster – um, he pays money a lot, but they've only been to the playoffs one time, so all that money hasn't exactly been spent that wisely. Jeff, why did the Bears move away from Trubisky in the first place? Well, I don't think that Matt Nagy really wanted him to be the quarterback at all this year. You know, they had that the, the, the competition this summer after the trade for Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles was always Nagy's guy. They, they date back together to Kansas City and, and Philadelphia. I just feel like, like Nagy felt like Foles would run the offense better. Now, it happened. He made the switch. Trubisky had that bad game against Atlanta. Foles comes in there, and it doesn't really get any better. So then Foles injures the hip, and, Nagy, and Trubisky has to go back in there. And I think you know, Nagy has realized that you, know, you can't take Trubisky out right now because he's actually playing better than Foles was ever playing at any point this year. So, again, I, I feel like the Trubisky time in Chicago is winding down. You know, guys, they, they declined his fifth-year option. He probably needs a break from Chicago as much as Chicago needs a break from him. But going into this year, you knew that Foles was Nagy's guy, and, and, and that just didn't work out the way that the Bears intended to either. Jeff, do you, do you see a scenario in which both Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are back in those respective positions next year? I would have a hard time seeing both being back. I could certainly see the head coach being back. For the general manager, I mean, it's possible, but the only real excuse you could make is if you say, I don't want to make any changes because of COVID and because it's been such a bizarre year for everybody. But, I mean, the Trubisky pick and a lot of the other first-round picks. Look at Leonard Floyd, guys. He's having a great year for the Rams. You know, he was a Bears pick ninth overall. That did nothing. Uh, You know, Kevin White's out of the league. Um, again, I think it comes down to making the playoffs, and if they miss out this year after starting 5-1, and one, that's five of six seasons under Ryan Pace. And how do you really, in today's NFL, how do you keep your job when that happens? It's hard to imagine a scenario in which you can. We should also mention a quarterback's best friend, Trubisky found out yesterday, David Montgomery. Just tote that rock. That certainly helped as well. Jeff, thank you very much. Thanks thank a you, lot, guys. Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jeff Dickerson on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line brought to you by Shelby Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fellas, in our final minute, with the playoffs by hook or crook, realizing there is a seventh spot, and right now the Bears have some work to do sitting at six and seven, would a playoff berth, even if they were to limp there, save Nagy? I don't think so. I, I, I You know, it's, it's kind of time to move on from that, I think. I don't, I don't know... 
if you're moving on from Trubisky and you're drafting another quarterback, are you drafting another quarterback to fall under Matt Nagy's spell? I mean, like, do you really want to do that? I know I wouldn't want to do it if I was the owner of the team or the president of the team. You know, he's already, he didn't get anything out of the number two pick overall. So why should I entrust that he's going to get something out of another guy that we have to draft? You know, Zubin, I would agree with Key, but I also think it's the way they finish down the stretch. If they if they finish trending upwards, I think it could be a scenario in which we see Matt Nagy back next year. No mm. doubt about it. Still to come, Monday Night Football, a big spot, a big revenge spot for the Browns against the Ravens. Key sat down with Baker Mayfield before kickoff. You'll hear Baker's comments next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.